I'm Angela Kelly Robeck, host of the Empowered Principal Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hello, listeners, and we got an exciting show for you today on Get Inspired and Innovate. We're going to be talking about the future skills that our students are going to need, but we got to start teaching them today. So, Stephanie, how can we start getting these students ready for the future and the jobs they're going to have in the future when we don't even know what they are? So what are you guys doing to, to prepare your students for that? Well, I'm really curious to know what's even going to be out there for these kids, because if you think about it, my job wasn't out there when I was a kid. There was no way when I was a student, I was like, oh, I think I'm going to be an instructional technology coordinator. Like that was nowhere in the thought of what I wanted to even be. And so it's going to be really interesting. And just looking at my job from when it started to now, it changes every single year and the skills that I have to develop. So I'm just curious for these kids too, especially with the coronavirus. I feel like everybody really quickly had to change. Um, they started out with skills and then they kind of had to take all of that in and go quickly to learn new skills because my teachers that were against tech and have been avoiding it for four plus years, they had to take all of that in within just a few weeks and really learn how to use Google Classroom, learn how to give feedback online, learn how to create videos. And it was like cram time for some of these teachers because they refused to do it. And I'm just curious to see what's even going to be out there. So Lance, what do you think? I know this yeah, is kind right. of down your alley. Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. You know, uh, if, if, if our listeners think that this is the last time this is, is going to happen, I think that we're going to be, we're sadly fooled. I think that we've got, uh, we've got to start now preparing for, you know, this could happen again because I think that it will eventually. Um, so all that being said, the, the things that, that I feel like that we've got to start pushing out to our students to prepare them for the future is one, uh, they've got to be adaptable. Uh, you got to be able to adapt to the situation just like we've had to do here. Um, you know, we weren't, or most of us weren't online learners. A lot of us weren't really good with technology, uh, but we've had to figure out a way to be able to communicate with our students. Um, you know, a lot of times the students are even better than we are with the technology, uh, but we've got to somehow learn how to bridge the gap to them to be able to teach them, to take that feedback, and to be able to teach them through these devices right now. So one, we've got to be adaptable. Number two, and I kind of hit on a little bit there, we've also got to be problem solvers. Uh, so those are two keys that I feel like uh, we really need to be focusing on with our students' adaptability and problem solving there for them. And you can do that in, in multiple different ways. Um, and I've got a my meme for today will we'll lead into this. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of people have come back to me in the past years. I'm a high school math teacher, and they're like, you know, I've never used that algebra you taught me. And, you know, then I, then I respond to them, you know, algebra was more than just about algebra. You've got a problem, you got to figure out a way to solve that problem, and you used algebra to do that. Now, you're not going to use algebra every day to do that, but that taught you skills, that taught you things that you need to know to be able to solve problems. So I was teaching you really a lot of life skills there along with the algebra, you know, and hopefully, you know, someday you'll figure out a way to use algebra every day. But anyways, uh, those are the two things that I really feel are important, uh, and, and I've 
hope, hope that when our students leave us, that one, we make lifelong learners out of them. Because when you go into a new job, as you said, Stephanie, your job didn't even exist when you were in school. But when you go into a new job, uh, you've got to learn from ground zero all the way up to wherever you end up being. Because, you know, it's so skill specific that you've got to be a lifelong learner and you got to figure it out from there. Yeah, I agree. And when I was a student, we didn't work on a lot of the skills needed for to be successful. It was a lot of, you know, sit and get and more of the content than those, I know you don't like the word, soft skills um, or keys for success, whatever you want to go with. For yeah, key skills for success. We'll go with that. But that wasn't even a thought in, when I was in school. There was hardly any group work. It was all independent. And so when I did go to college and I got my job, I really had to learn how to collaborate with others and work with each other. And I was honestly probably terrible at it for, at first because we didn't work on those skills in school. Compared to today's school, I walk in classrooms and I see the push. But if you think about it, like some of the older teachers or older generation, their students adapt to their, their classroom and they kind of lack those skills in some cases. If the teacher lacks it, the class usually lacks it. So I'm really hoping today's guests can help us bridge that gap. Yeah, and, and you know, um, looking at the way that learning is happening today, if I would have, if, if that would have been going on in the classrooms when I was in school, we would have been considered to be cheating off of each other, not collaborating, but cheating. But now we see that it's a very, very important skill. But that brings us to our guest today. We have uh, Dr. Edward C. We'll call him Dr. Ed today. Uh, that is coming from us all the way from Calgary, Canada. Uh, he is a YouTuber. He's got a lot of videos and things out there talking about this. Uh, so Dr. Ed, come help us out today. How can we prepare these students for the future when we don't even know what it is? Hey, uh, thank you so much, Lance. I'm glad to be here on your podcast. And um, I'm really passionate about this particular subject, mainly because I've got two young boys, uh, a five-year-old, uh, and a, a four-year-old who are both like being homeschooled right now. And right now is a very interesting time. It's a time for us to do a lot of reflection and a lot of thinking about, well, what are those exact skills? We're not going against the standard right now. We're going more with their interests, but we're also thinking a little bit longer term about well, what kind of job are they going to get out as well? And and Stephanie, I love what you said earlier, just about how your job is just changing every single year. And I'm envisioning that more and more people in our society are, are going to be like you. They're, they're going to be like people whose jobs are non-routine. They do change on a regular basis because of the nature of their type of work. Uh, but I would also say that... Uh, That's actually one of the, the big challenges uh, right now in education is that we, we often believe that we're, we're training learners to be ready for any type of job, you know, like the, the skill is, is completely generic. But we're often the role models as well. Uh, and we often model the type of behavior that our students will expect to have in the future. And so sometimes, uh, let's say you've been teaching for uh, like 15 years or 10 years, um, sometimes it, you start to get into a routine 
And some kids start to think, oh yeah, that's, that's what work is going to be like. It's going to be mostly this routine that I see in among a lot of our educators. But what we're learning is that nothing's routine. Like even like what we're doing right now, everything is, is non-routine uh, these days because things are changing so quickly. And so how do we build this type of skill? What are the, the, the types of techniques that, that people use? Um, and I, like rather than kind of mention a bunch of things, like I'm, I'm really just going to focus on one, <laughs> one skill today, if that's okay. Um, and the reason uh, I want to mention this one skill is because it's, it's really personal. Lance, I really like how you were saying like, you know, in a lot of the classrooms nowadays, uh, what we used to be called cheating uh, is, is now really more like collaborating. Well, um, how do I put this lightly? I was caught collaborating. Uh, and I could probably tell you more about uh, cheating on exams than actually performing well in school. Uh, I'm not somebody who really performed well in school um, at the beginning of myself. Um, as somebody who uh, was caught uh, cheating, I, I had a collaborator, let's just call it, who was also grading, like peer grading my assignments. And I, I managed to uh, make a deal with him where he would give me a better grade. Uh, it was, the teacher found out. The, the day of reckoning was here. I mean, I thought I was done for. I thought that this was it. Um, honestly, I, it's a parent-teacher meeting, right? So I was there with my parents, with the teacher. And, you know, honestly, he had every right to say, you know what, um, th like, this doesn't look right. You know, like, look at, look at how this thing's graded. Um, like, it's not graded correctly at all. Um, he, he's being caught cheating. You need to punish him. You need to do something uh, about this. But he didn't. Actually, what he did completely shocked me. He said, you know what? I know Ed is struggling a lot with this class. Right now, this is a French language arts class. But he's creative. And so it's OK. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? Really? He's creative? Like, you know, nowadays we're, we're in this kind of mode of no tolerance policies and we're in this mode of strict discipline, you know, for, for following the rules and anybody who doesn't straight to the principal's office. That wasn't what happened on that fateful day. He said, I recognize that you're a creative person and I'm going to give you opportunities to be creative in class and we'll see how it goes. We'll, we'll see what happens. And th the reason I mentioned this is we are in a radically different situation right now than we've been ever, right? Like this is, this is the biggest event in the history of education. If you look at the total number of learners, there's never been a 1.5 billion learners learning from home. So it's requiring a lot of creativity. But what is, what is this skill? What is creativity? 
And, and something that I'm realizing more and more and more is that creativity, it just starts with reflection. It starts with knowing yourself. And, you know, that time for me was, was really emotional. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I cried a lot during that time. Uh, and I did a lot of reflection. And you know what? During times of economic crisis are actually some of the times where we as a society are the most creative. I mean, just look at the 2007-2008 housing crisis. During that time, yes, it was really tough economically, but a lot of new companies started up at that exact moment. Airbnb, Uber, many of these services that we're using today, Pinterest, Slack, all of these companies started at this exact moment. Why? Well, a lot of that reason is because it boils down to people are home. They're doing a lot more reflection right now. They're thinking that all those, those stories that they were too busy to tell themselves or to, to think about when they were teaching in a class and they had so many things to do, they're not, they're not as busy anymore. They have a little bit more time. They're thinking a little bit more uh, about these stories. They're learning a little bit more about who they are. And I've always felt that creativity is just a form of self-expression. That is, like, this is why it's so closely connected to intrinsic motivation these days. It's that creativity is an expression of who you are. What are your interests? What, do you, what are the things that you love to do? And how do you love to share that with others? And especially now, with kids at home, uh, the curriculum uh, sometimes takes a back seat. You know, sometimes they don't want to do just a straight, the straight exercise. But if you can somehow connect it to their interests, whoa, everything's different. They'll, they'll want, they'll beg to do it. <laughs> so you know, one, and, one thing, let me jump in there. One thing that yeah, I'm go, hearing, go ahead, hearing you Thanks. say, uh, Dr. Ed, is, um, and I might be wrong on this, but it sounds like that a lot of times we hamper our creativity because of busyness. Um, I feel like that you're saying that during that time, a lot of people were at home and because they were at home and there wasn't a lot else to do and they didn't have so many other things distracting them, they were able to sit there and be creative and think through, you know, I think this would be really cool. How can I do this? And because now you have time, you know, then you can work through that. So I feel like that a lot of times, especially, especially the, I'm going to just throw this out here, the American population. We're go, go, go. We run place to place. We don't build any time in there for margin. Uh, and, and that's something that I've actually been trying to learn to do as I'm working with my teachers is to build time for margin. I would book myself in the beginning from, you know, eight o'clock in the morning until four o'clock in the afternoon. I would have meetings all day. I was stressed out. And I was, I mean, I was getting a lot of stuff done and helping a lot of other people, but I wasn't being really creative. Um, Stephanie, what do you think about that? Do you, do you find that true too? 
Yeah, there was a bunch of really good points, Dr. Ed. So thank you for allowing me to reflect. Um, but one big takeaway is the busyness. Our students are busy. Um, teachers keep them busy and then they go home and they're busy because they've got sports and everything else. And I'm over here thinking like, oh, all these businesses are going to shut down because no one's going out to eat, you know, all these small companies are going to really suffer. But you're right, like during this time, who knows what could be created during this time. And I think too, at the Innovator Academy, they allowed time for you to like process. And most PD, you don't give teachers time to process. It's go, go, go. Here's the information thrown at you. And then they go back to their classroom and then they do nothing with the PD. And so after going to that professional development um, and really taking it in, uh, okay, teach them this, give them a time to go play, even if it's 15 minutes. It's better than nothing because then they will take it in and actually do something with it rather than me saying, okay, here it is. Now go back to your classroom. Well, why aren't they doing it? You know, getting all upset about it because they never had time to really take it all in and practice it. Everything is so go, go, go. And we had a professional development and one of the activities was a reflect and walk. So the teachers had to take a 10 minute walk and just reflect on distance learning because this is hard for everybody. And the comments and the feedback for the PD were just amazing. They were like, can I do this with my kids? And it's like, why do we have to get permission for something like that? Like, yes, we should be doing that with our students. They should be going on walks probably every single day and reflecting on their learning. But yet we don't build that into the schedule because we think their moments have to be filled by something every single minute. And that's the same with me, like Lance was saying. It's go, go, go. I was like, I don't feel like I'm doing good if my schedule's not filled up. And then mm. like week two and one were really difficult with distance learning for me. Mm-hmm. I had open hours every single day. And I was booked like everybody else's to-do list. And I was just worn out. I felt overwhelmed. Mm. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Mm. And then this week I finally was like, no, you need to set up boundaries and say, this is when you're available for open hours. This time I can work on these projects. And I feel so much better this week compared to the last two. And it's so true that we don't focus on that. Yeah. You know, I think what you said earlier, Stephanie, about reflecting, going on that reflective walk is so important. I mean, I think, I think it was Dewey who said, people don't learn from experience. They learn from reflecting on experience. And you're, you're right, Lance, that we are a society that we're constantly go, 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 do, 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 not reflect, reflect, reflect. But if you look at what happens as a result is that's how we get into routines. That's how we build certain habits. That's how we build new skills is by reflecting, trying something new, thinking, hmm, maybe I didn't do that very well. Hmm, I need to improve it. And I think that it's the same way with PD. You know, one of my biggest concerns around PD is that you can watch all the presentations and webinars and videos that you want. But if you don't do, and if you don't practice, that skill is never gonna be developed, right? And, and this, is, this is what matters, practice. 
right? Practice in that skill. That is the, the only thing that really matters. And what are you going to be willing to practice on? What are you willing to put the effort into? And this is the big challenge. And this is also why I almost always begin with mindset. Uh, and the reason for this is if you build skill set and you don't have the mindset, like if your mindset is, ah, this tech stuff is really hard. I don't consider myself to be a tech teacher. I, I like this, this isn't real teaching anyways, you know, this online stuff. What are you going to learn about technology? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> right? This is, this is the, the challenge of our day is it is not one of technology. The technology has been there. The trainings, the videos, like if you really were motivated, you could learn all of this stuff. The challenge has always been mindset. And it's gone from, mm, I'm going to avoid this. You know, um, I don't really need to learn these kind of things too. This is critical for survival for a lot of educators now. And a lot of educators um, are really, they have a lot of anxiety. They're really overwhelmed and they're really stressed out right now. And I want to say that that's normal. That means like we need to celebrate being overwhelmed, right? Like being overwhelmed means we're learning, right? Think of how your kids feel. <laughs> Every time you teach them something new, they're like, oh my gosh, like, I can't do this. They have all of the same emotions that you're going through right now. Maybe it's been a long time. I don't know. When was the last time you felt really overwhelmed? Feel uh, like celebrate <laughs> feeling overwhelmed. Exactly. Every day. Thanks, Lance. Learning. <laughs> Every day. This morning, exactly. This is my uh, eighth Zoom call today. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I, I need to have a it. weekly session with you, Dr. Ed, and just <laughs> like therapy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm honored. Um, you know, but I will also want to caution that I have a, a very unique advantage uh, compared to most people right now. Uh, as somebody who's been remote uh, learning, and remote working for over four years, I went through all of the same struggles that, that everyone is going through right now. The, the like constant meetings, oh yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I like been there, done that, and, and making space for reflection and yeah, absolutely. And, and the other challenge I'm having is balancing family. Like my kids are running down going like, hey, what's going on? The video stopped. <laughs> Right? Like, this is, this is our, our new reality. But I have a lot more experience with that. And I've noticed that there's a lot of things that you can do. But of all of those things, the thing I would focus most on is your mindset. Just look at it. You know, look at those because when you are in a classroom setting or when you're in a school setting, you go for lunch with other educators. You go and ask them, hey, you know, like I'm, I'm thinking about blah, blah, blah. And like, how do you feel? Is that the way you feel about me? Or is that way this person thinks about me? So you have somebody to check to see if the stories that you're telling yourself are, are true. 
But when we're home alone and there aren't others to validate that, we don't have those types of checks anymore. And more than ever, we talk about having your, your PLN, your, your learning network. Like more and more, it's like, are you discovering your learning network? How often are you connecting with them? I know you're busy, but you need to find other, other people who are kind of in your situation. Um, you know, I, I work with a lot of tech directors. So, you know, I meet with a lot of people who are in that space in my PLN. I think this is really fundamental, but we often ignore it. Like we, we just do and do and do. And we're wondering like, why am I so burnt out? Why am I so overwhelmed? Why do I feel so depressed? Your mind is, even if you're not thinking about it, you're not spending the time, your mind is still going through stuff. Like our subconscious is very powerful. It's processing all the time, even when we're sleeping. And it's telling us those stories. And those stories become bigger and bigger and they become more and more powerful and they become who you are. But the moment you have a person who validates, boom, they say, you know what? That's not actually how I feel about you. And I think that this is really important for us to, to get those stories checked out, get them validated, because that's the type of reflection. Why am I saying this story to myself? That's where you learn about yourself. What, what are those stories that I'm telling myself? Why are those things really fundamental to who I am? That's really where you discover a lot more about who you are and, and what it is that you do. Um, I want to go back to, if it's okay, I want to go back to the, the previous story about the French class and getting caught cheating. And that's some of the reflection that happened during that time. And I didn't realize at the time because we didn't, we didn't have the assessment was I probably had a form of attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Like the two sides of my brain are like super closely connected and I'm, I'm constantly distracted. I'm constantly looking at other things. I'm doing other things. And it made it really hard for me to, to keep up with school. But I discovered that when I was creative, I could focus. I could focus just on it because I'm bringing all of these different ideas to one project, to one, to one assignment. And um, my kid, recently he said he refused he, he doesn't want to wash he doesn't want to uh, fold the clothes you know he, he's you know five six years old he's like he doesn't want to he doesn't want to fold the clothes anymore because he says it's boring and i said really folding clothes is boring like he, he's into taekwondo so i told him like or and he's also into robots so i told him like you can't pretend that you're a clothes folding robot that is trying to fold clothes as quickly as possible you can't pretend that those pants that you're folding is like a, a board that you need to chop. You can't pretend that these socks that you're sorting into different piles are ninja stars that you have to put into different locations. And my message to him was this. There are no boring tasks, just boring imaginations. And yes, today, I got to start where my kid's at. He likes pirates. We're going to be doing an assignment related to pirates. We're going to figure out a way, right? Even if it's not related to what the school is providing. He likes 
ninjas. He likes Taekwondo. We're going to make his, his, his work related to Taekwondo. Today, we have to do that. Like, I have a, a, a daughter-in-law. Like, sorry, I'm, sorry my, my sister, who, uh, whose daughter is really into Frozen and Elsa. You know what? My assignments are going to be related to Frozen and Elsa. We went outside and we started building Olaf's. And we started putting like a carrot on the nose. And, and then we discovered the next day, oh, the carrot's gone. And there's some bunny poop on the floor. Hmm, what happened here? But these can lead into many different lessons. And when they're young, you got to start somewhere. You got to start where they're at. And um, when you start there and people start to see some success, they start to realize that it never was the, the show, the, the Elsa. It never was the, the pirate show or the Taekwondo. It was you. And it was your attitude towards creativity that made the difference there. And so really every assignment that I did from then on, I'm going back to that French class, I, I would put in so much creativity and this teacher would give me opportunities to present it to the whole class. We were writing letters to each other and I decided, now we're gonna do a letter bomb, you know? It was just gonna fl flood the whole city with, with these letters because it's gonna be like a massive statement. And people thought, wow, that's so creative. And my whole perspective on education as a whole changed. And it made me realize like throughout you know, my, my PhD, there's always been these barriers to my creativity. But the barriers were here. They were right in my head the whole time. It wasn't that I wasn't creative. The, the, I, I had certain things like ideas that creativity could only happen when I was drawing a picture, when I was in a certain mode, right? When I was free playing. They didn't realize that creativity can apply to everything. The mathematics, we were talking about uh, earlier, Lance, you were talking about the math algebra. Oh man, that math algebra. Can't use it anywhere. Really? <laughs> Can't think of any situation where that might be in interesting according to your interests? This is the challenge of our day, is we live in a world where the world's information is available at our fingertips. But unfortunately, all of that information without the right kind of motivation is not going to result in any improvement in the skills that we are talking about today. That was very inspiring. Yeah, so Dr. Red, I've got <laughs> to ask you, Dr. Red. Parlez-vous uh, français? Un petit peu. Et toi? Ouais. Uh, je m'appelle Bruno, et toi? Hey, Bruno, comment ça va? Ça va bien? Uh, ça va assez? assez? <laughs> oh, and, and that's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyways, uh, thank you for, for all your great, great words today. Hey, no worries. If you, if you don't mind, maybe I'll, I kind of wrap it up. Um, I've discovered a bunch of different barriers. Um, sometimes it's like the technology. Oh, the technology is just preventing me from being creative. It's not the technology, right? Like it's, it's our attitude about the technology that's blocking us from being creative. I see a lot of PDs that they go, oh, look, look at this feature and look at this feature and look at this feature. Please, 
at the beginning of your PDs, do a little bit about mindset, just a little bit, right? And just recognize that they're all, we're all on this journey together. I haven't completely figured out social media. There's lots of people who are way ahead of me, but I'm learning from them. And I'm recognizing that I'm at least starting and I'm going to improve over time. And so with that, um, I think the, the key message I have in a lot of what will work that I'm trying to do uh, at Nui Tech is we focus on the fun aspect first. Like how, what can we do to make education fun first? Um, and now with remote learning, it's, it's all about remote education. And I think that the message that I have for a lot of educators is just understand that you're the role models in the whole class. What you model in terms of your behaviors around technology are going to be copied by your students. If you are hesitant around technology and you are hesitant around doing more things like that are, are totally new and to, totally different, your students are gonna emulate that. They're gonna experience the same fears. And really, this is the big challenge. It's not about being perfect. Like you, Lance, I think you mentioned earlier, there are students that know more than me uh, about certain types of technology. Absolutely. That's a good thing, right? It just means that maybe they got more practice in, in that particular technology. And that's where we build the skill. This is where, like, it takes deep knowledge to be creative. You need a lot of things in your head. And if you don't go deep in terms of your knowledge, and I, I say this all the time, you watch... Um, Jake and the Neverland Pirates all the time, but what do you know about pirates? What do you know about pirate ships? The more you know about pirate ships, the more creative you can be. Oh, you know Elsa. What do you know about Elsa? What do you know about snow? How come when I have all this dry snow and we try to put it together, I can't make a snowman? What, what is it? Like, why do I have to add water in order for my snowman to stick? What, what's causing that? Why did the nose of the snowman disappear? And then there was some poop, you know, on the, <laughs> on the floor afterwards. Or I'd like to Being add in curious. there, why, why is it important to know the, the radius of the spears that we are making so that you make an elegant looking uh, Olaf? So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like the ratios. Being those... curious, asking questions, not knowing it all, sometimes is more powerful for the learning of our, our kids because it models a type of behavior that leads to this type of self-mastery or self-development. And increasingly, if you look at jobs, and I, I've, I've done a lot of looking at the World Economic Forum data, all their, their numbers, all of the numbers are off right now because they're happening now. They're happening much faster than we, we had ever anticipated. But they said that really the only types of jobs that are growing are the jobs in less than 500 employees. So these are small, medium enterprises. And they are mostly, if you look at the, the real job growth in most countries in the world, they are strictly from, like the majority comes from the unicorns. So they come from the Airbnbs. They come from the Ubers of the world. So what does it mean to work in an environment where everything that you do is non-routine? Nobody has ever done this before. It, it means embracing creativity. It's, a, it's about going deep in many different areas and then being able to use that knowledge 
and apply it to new types of problems and new types of solutions. If you're doing a lot of routine work and that's what you're used to, you're going to have a hard time getting a job. And we see this. We see this in Alberta, where I live. We have record levels of male youth unemployment. That is, males holding degrees that cannot find jobs because there are no jobs for routine type of work. If you can do non-routine stuff, if you can show that you can take a bunch of ideas and do something creative, oh, there's lots of jobs for that. But I think that that's where, this is where I focus a lot on is, hmm, what is that skill that my kids are going to need to, to learn? And like for me, like math, oh man, like I, I keep saying like math and money, you know, these two things are the same thing. Like if you are really good at math, you're going to be really good at money. If you're not good at math, like they're like, how do I motivate my kids, you know, to do this counting exercise? I told them, go and get a roll of coins, real money, and get them to do it. And whoever wins with this game, right? Like what I do is a trading game with, with my kids. So like, oh, okay, I will trade you this pile of coins for your pile of coins. You got to add things up really quickly. And whoever wins gets real money. Um, I love that. People start yeah. thinking. They, yeah, they start awful. thinking differently about math. Math is cool, right? Like statistics, you can get a lot of jobs if you know how to do statistics. Accounting, oh, there's a lot of jobs that you can get if you can, you can do accounting. And so knowing, uh, it's not that, see, this is the thing, it's not that any subject is boring. It's just our imaginations are boring. They become boring. And that's where I believe that now, of all times in history, now is the time to really do the self-reflection and to think about why was it boring? You know, there were times that like kids weren't really engaged in my class. Let's think about that. What could I have done differently? As a parent, I don't have a choice. You know, my kids are walking if they're not interested in, in what I'm teaching. And I, you know, like that's, that's how it is for a lot of parents. So I have to engage. I have to start with the interest because that's the only expertise that they really have right now. In the future, they'll realize that they can build expertise in any area that they really desire to. And then really with that creativity, we won't be too worried about jobs, right? Even if jobs don't exist, we'll be able to make them. We'll be able to, these, these are kids that, and, and this is another thing I say is, we need more educators like you guys. <laughs> Lance and Stephanie, people who are out there, who are talking to others, who are building a network. Like we need, we need more influencers in education because with education going remote, uh, educators have many, like teachers, parents, kids have many options when it comes to remote learning. And we're gonna find that certain ones that really excel in the technology space are really going to grow. They're going to grow a lot over the next little while. And who knows, maybe in the future, like we're already in the place where our teacher is not the only source of knowledge anymore. That's so everywhere. they're already going to go to where they want to go. Now, we'll have to say, Dr. Red, you're not the first person to ever tell me that I was out there. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I bet it, it probably wasn't in the positive aspect that you just put it. What about you, Stephanie? Yeah, no one's ever told Lance that he's out there for a positive. 
Thank but you. But I Stephanie. think we are ready to go on to our meme and quote section. So, Ed, what meme or quote did you bring this week? Okay, so what I did is I brought a really weird one, um, and it's it it requires some some explanation. So uh, this particular one is about. Let's see if I can pull it up here. Or do you have it on your screen that you can pull it up quickly? Yeah, I can share it on my screen. If you can, that would be great. Oh, I'm not allowed. Ha, ha, ha. I got you uh, down. Disabled attendee share settings. Lance is uh, the host. That's come why. On. He has to come make on, you Lance. a host. You don't oh, that's right. I, I, I keep, I keep Stephanie like locked little. down. <laughs> Locking things down. <laughs> yeah. You can't trust Stephanie. I'm All right. Nervous, so though. A what you see in this image is... <laughs> A T-Rex right beside Ed Campos, who is juggling three oranges at the same time. And the quote says, juggling a lot, a ton of priorities. Don't forget the T-Rex in the room. Mental health. Connect with educators who are there for each other. Join us for Midnight Pedagogy every evening, 10 p.m. PST. And it's like the it's, elephant it, in the room. <laughs> it's like the elephant, but you know we have we have some very creative guys in in our group. Um, Eddie Gonzalez is the person who created this, and it was just oh yeah, could you put like a an animal or something nearby? And he he's like for him combining the green screen and everything like he's he's amazing. He's like the Steven Spielberg of Zoom backgrounds, <laughs> and we're just a group of people who are just finding fun ways to, to be creative. And I think that really it's two things. One is we're connecting, we're laughing, we're having this, the discussion, but we're also having connection about the, the, the issues, the, the troubles that we face. And I guess my, my key message to you is your mental health, your, your mindset is the foundation. That's everything. You don't have that. You're not helping any kids. You're not helping other people. Like those meetings, like you go to a bunch of meetings and if you're, you're fe not feeling it, you're not contributing to it. Um, and your yeah. kids aren't You're also making everything benefiting so much from toxic. That exactly. That environment. Um, so my meme is from Willy Wonka. And it says you send all your high email or you send your emails with high priority flags. You must be very important. And there was like a program this week. I think it was Hapara. And it was like, what is your issue? And it was like low priority, medium priority, high priority, urgent. And it wasn't an urgent issue, but I might have clicked that box because it's all about Stephanie right now. But it's so true. <laughs> like we have to think about other people and I shouldn't have clicked it because it wasn't a high priority but you issue. needed it for your mental health right <laughs> but I needed it for my mental health so what about you, you Lance <laughs> yeah so so my so mine is it says on here well another day has passed that I didn't use algebra and then it's got a line through the didn't use algebra um, and it says well another day passed I used algebra so many times that I didn't even realize I was doing it and then it says underneath right there I fixed it for you so many times people are out there using algebra uh, and they don't even realize that they're using algebra. So uh, I think that it's important. And one thing I'll give you, Dr. Ed, is when you get to the algebra phase with your, with your pirate there, have him look for the X, look for the X to solve the puzzle, to find the buried treasure. 
There you go. Oh, I love that. Dr. Ed, what is something that you learned this week that can be innovated for somebody else tomorrow? Something I realized was that um, some, like I'm part of the Global Online Learning Alliance, which is just ministries of education from around the world. And uh, some of the ministers of education from the Arab League have referred to digital, the digital divide as digital segregation. And if you think about that word segregation, it has all sorts of racial undertones and gender undertones. And if you look at the stats, this is exactly who it is affecting right now. Um, people of color are significantly more likely to not have internet for their children. And in the same way, uh, in many places where there is only one device, uh, if there's a girl and a boy in the class, there, it's more likely that the boy has access to the device. Um, so it's important to think of digital, um, the digital divide, not as the digital divide, but as digital segregation. And we need to take it very seriously because what we are doing when we are allowing a digital divide is we are allowing a segregation. We are allowing racism and we are allowing um, sexism in our schools. Yeah. Sorry. And I don't know. That was <laughs> really deep. Mine <laughs> is. That's kind of my, my learning from this week. <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. Mine is not that deep. I feel like I should have picked like something on reflection or something, but mine's EduCandy and it provides like game-based learning for students. And I feel like games really help open that mindset yep. of kids wanting to learn because it's a fun environment. Lance, what about you? Mine is really deep, so uh, <laughs> we we have we have finally finished our innovator projects, and uh, mine is titled Key Skills for Success, and and what I did with my innovator project, and we can we can talk about it in depth at some point, Stephanie, but uh, I uh, I surveyed teachers, I surveyed uh, stakeholders, and it was unbelievable the the difference in what our stakeholders, meaning our CEOs of companies, our deans of colleges, our team leaders, things like that, the difference that we saw and what skills that teachers thought were important for students to have compared to the skills that uh, our, em- our employers or our professors said were important. And just to give you the first one, it is worth ethic was number one that came up uh, on everybody's charts Another worth ethic, it was had to do with integrity, grit, and being on time, which uh, Dr. Ed, uh, a lot about what you're talking about with mindset today, it feeds right into this because if you have mm-hmm. the mindset that what you're doing is important, then you will have that worth ethic to, to, to bring to, or to work through that, and you'll have the integrity to make sure you're doing the best job every day, and when things don't go your way, you'll have a little grit and you'll hang on, and punctuality is important. I don't care who you ask. Awesome, Lance. Yeah, congratulations on finishing that project. I know you've worked really hard and you pivoted a couple times. Um, But thank you so much for listening to Get Inspired and Innovate. Dr. Ed, how can people connect with you so you can also be their life coach like mine? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you can reach me on Twitter at Dr. E.T., D-O-C-T-O-R-E-T. And you can also go to newmetech.com. Uh, where we, we put up uh, a white paper and a video series called Future Jobs and the Skills Needed to Get Them. 
And so a lot of the details of what I refer to here, uh, the six C skills, uh, what the World Economic Forum is saying, and uh, we also look at some of the data from the What Works Clearinghouse. So basically meta studies of education, what, of what actually produces better grades, more engagement and more course completion. Uh, it's all there in the, in the series. So I'd encourage you, check it out, you know, see if there's something there that Mike, like, especially for, for you, Lance, I'm wondering, I'd love to work with you on, on what you're doing right now, because I think in the same way, I've been looking at that data from a, a global perspective. I know that in the United States, there's a lot of emphasis on standards, but everywhere else in the world, it's just about jobs. It's about what creates jobs. Yep. And so if you have a good understanding of that, I, I think it's very easy to get approval for the projects that you might be working on. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for listening. And all of our show notes will be on getinspiredandinnovate.com. And make sure you connect with Dr. Ed. And hopefully you can learn some mindfulness and reflection and be more creative in the coming weeks. And I just wanted to real quick give Leslie a shout out because she really helps me with reflection. She reminds me all the time to pause and pause videos and just reflect. So try that this week while you're trying to learn. Thanks for listening.